Virginia Prescott here with another episode of the 10-Minute Writer's Workshop. As a writer, Joe Hill's family name gave him a leg up. Instead, he chose to create his own. We sat down with the best-selling author just before his appearance at Writers on a New England stage at the Music Hall in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. I'm Joe Hill, and this is the 10-Minute Writer's Workshop. Which is the most difficult for you to write? Is it the first sentence or the last? Uh, Definitely the first sentence. Usually when I write the last sentence of a book, I've had it in my head for a few months. So I know where I'm going. I know how it's going to wrap up. But the first sentence, finding the balance for the first sentence, making it something punchy and that pulls people immediately into the story, that's that's hard. Do you edit as you go along or do you do a couple drafts and then work on an edit and why? Uh, I tend to try to write the story if possible. I tend to try to do the first draft straight through with no editing and no looking back and no changes. Um, I don't outline. Uh, I don't have a mistrust of outlines. So I just let that first draft be uh, messy shambles. Um, hopefully it captures some energy in a few core scenes, and uh, and then I can fix it all and rewrite. I do many drafts, usually between... Um, five is an average, but I've done as many as 22 on some short stories. What's your worst personal distraction from getting your work done, your writing? Uh, The internet always, and I think that that's true for a lot of other writers, too. You know, I'm not the writer that Jonathan Franzen is. Um, I also probably don't agree with him about, you know, some of his views. And I do think when he says that no writer connected to the internet can get any good writing done, that is basically true that writing is is hard and it asks you to be lonely and isolated and you sort of have to be that to uh, get some writing done and you know if a sentence is hard if you're having trouble figuring out what the next sentence is it's tempting to say well I'll just I'll just jump on Facebook for a minute or I'll just check this one thing on Wikipedia and 45 minutes later you're still online and you haven't got any writing done and I think it's important to be alone and to be willing to be uncomfortable and to to sort of hug your frustration to your chest and just sit there and have that struggle to find the next good sentence and the next good sentence after that. Are there any personal habits that you've picked up along the way that would be helpful for new writers to to pick up or, or anything to avoid, maybe? I guess I would say... The most important thing is not to feel that any one one day of work matters that much. It's important not to sort of get your self-image wrapped up in your day of work. You have one great day of work and you think, "Wow, I'm I'm John Steinbeck. I'm, you know, I'm a literary genius." And then you have a bad day of work and you think, "This is horrible. I should quit. I'm the worst, you know, I can barely scratch my name in the dirt with a stick. I'm the worst writer who ever tried to do this." The truth is, your good day of work wasn't as good as you thought it was, and your lousy day of work wasn't as bad as you thought it was, and writing a novel or even a short story happens over a long period of time, and it's they're kind of like, they form like stalactites, uh, one drip at a time, and it's just a mistake to feel like the way any one drip falls really matters when you're, in the end, you're left with this overall structure. What's your best environment for writing? 
Well, I don't know that I do have one best environment. Um, one of the great things about being a self-employed writer is you can shift from place to place. And so if, it's a corny trick, but if you're frustrated, if, you're, if I'm sitting in my office and I'm not having a successful day of work, I can take a break and make a cup of tea and take my notebook out on the back porch and work on the back porch. And sometimes just the change of environment loosens something up and suddenly I'm able to write a little more effortlessly. I work in my office, I've worked in my bedroom, I have a little reading nook, and I've, I've worked on the desk there, I've worked in the backyard. I wrote a huge chunk of horns at the Museum of Science in Boston while my kids were taking a course down there. I sat in the cafeteria and wrote a whole bunch. I've worked in the Exeter Public Library, the Boston Public Library, and I worked in a Panera Bread in Somerville when I was working on a bunch of uh, the firemen, and any place can be a good place, potentially. And what are you using? Are you writing in longhand? Are you typing right onto a computer? So the last few years, I have done most of my first drafts longhand. If time allows for it, that's my preferred way to write a first draft. Uh, I've done a lot of work in comic books, and I'm terrifically close with Gabriel Rodriguez, who was the longtime artist on my comic, Lock and Key. And when we were finishing up the comic, he came to Exeter, New Hampshire, where I live, and drew a few pages there. He was just hanging out with me, and he worked on his pages. And it was great to watch a page develop. And what fascinated me was how loose his page was at first. It was just shapes, and you could feel him just sort of plotting how to place the images and use the space properly. And I loved that it was just this loose, fun mess that eventually solidified into something brilliant. And I thought, that's what a first draft should be. So I work longhand in a notebook, and that's just for me. No one ever sees those notebooks. And I cross things out, and I write notes to myself in the margins. And I find that uh, terrifically liberating. And it segues naturally into the second draft, which is when I copy stuff into the computer, tightening and changing as I go, adding scenes, taking stuff out. So by the time you get to the second draft, you've done a completely full reinvention of the book. Are there any books or tools that you would recommend to new writers to help them along their way? Uh, I think Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott is uh, something of a classic. And it focuses on the right aspects of writing, the, the aspects which can be taught, which is, I think, primarily a question of outlook. Um, how to treat yourself, how to think about yourself, not how to think about this one day of work or how to solve a scene or how to introduce a character, but just sort of how to live as a writer, how to be as a writer. Because that's, I think, the fundamental challenge. How do you settle into that job? How do you make your way through the days? I love the Paris Review. Um, I read the Paris Review religiously, and I love those interviews with writers that have been a feature of every single issue going back to 1953. And I love them not just because the interviews reveal interesting things about how to write, but because these are people who have lived full and interesting lives. And when I read those interviews, I feel like I'm also learning how to live. How many times were you rejected before you were published? So, all right, so, so my dad's Steve King. And when I was in college, uh, I decided to drop the last name and to write as Joe Hill. And the reason I did that was because I'm insecure by nature. And it was important to me that when I sold a story, I knew it had sold for the right reasons because the story had merit and not because a publisher saw a chance to make a quick buck in a famous last name. So I started writing as Joe Hill in, I think maybe it was 1996. 
And I was able to keep it a secret, uh, the pen name a secret, for about a decade. And some people find that hard to believe. But I had a great secret. Nothing helps you fly under the radar like failure. You know, I wrote four books that I was never able to sell, um, including one book that I spent three years on that I just thought was, you know, I thought, wow, I really, I killed this. I smashed it right out of the park. Then it was turned down uh, by every publisher in New York City, every publisher in London, and for an extra kick in the pants, it was turned down by everywhere in Canada. Those rejections stung at the time, but in retrospect, I feel that the pen name was doing important work for me. It was showing me where I still needed to learn and build my skills and what I needed to focus on. So now I look back at those rejections and feel like that was time well spent. What's the best advice that you ever got about writing? Both my parents are novelists. My younger brother's a novelist. His wife is a novelist. They're all amazing. I've had terrific teachers in high school and in college. I've had valuable, uh, inspiring mentors. Neil Gaiman has been very kind to me and very free with advice and suggestions. So I've had good advice throughout my life. And the truth is, I don't think any one piece of advice matters that much. When you wish for one great piece of advice, you're almost hoping you'll find a magic key that will somehow unlock the job of writing and make it easy. Suddenly you will know how to do this. Um, The truth is, everything I learned about writing a good short story or a good novel or a good comic, I learned from reading lots of good comics and good short stories and good novels. And, you know, my whole skill set, everything that I do in books is stuff that I've observed other writers doing. You know, by studying, I read I read Bernard Malmed faithfully. I read all his books, and then I reread the ones that I liked best. And some of the short stories I read three, four times, underlining and making notes in the margins and highlighting things. That kind of close reading can teach you about the techniques that work and can show you the way to your own voice. Forget looking for good advice. Look for good books. Read a lot. Read widely. And when you find a writer who's doing something you love, make a very close study of them. Not to, not to run on too long, but let me, let me add one other thing. Um, I love Elmore Leonard, uh, who spoke here at the Music Hall a few years ago. And he's one of my great inspirations and, and uh, adore, adore his work. Once, when I was having a tough couple months, I put my book aside and for about two weeks, I rewrote The Big Bounce by Elmore Leonard. So every day, I would open the book and I would write the next two pages, copying sentence by sentence, just to get the feel for his rhythms and the way he wrote dialogue and the way he suggested character in just a couple lines. I actually had this idea that eventually I would do about half the book, all with his words and sentences, and then I would do the other half of the book and it would be my own ending to the story. And then I would release it for free on the internet and it would be called The Bigger Bounce. Um, in the end, I never did it. I only needed about two weeks with Elmore to find my way back to um, uh, the kind of rhythm, the kind of you know jazzy, light feel that you need to write a thriller. By studying his voice, I was able to find my way back to my own. So as you mentioned, you grew up in a family of writers. Did you ever have a fantasy job other than a writer? I think for a little while, I imagined um, becoming a director, that maybe I would direct films or be a screenwriter who also sometimes directed. So much of what my dad and I talked about, so much of what we bonded over was film. 
you know, we both were very passionate about the same filmmakers and the same screenwriters, and our movie time together was really important to us. I think when I was 13 or 14, we developed a yearly holiday called Movie Day, when we would watch three movies back to back at the movie theater. We would eat at the movie theater, lunch would be at the movie theater, we'd just move, and we'd have like one big blockbuster, one art house film, and one drama. And we carried that on to about the time I was 35, 36. <laughs> And then at some point, he abandoned it because I think he started to worry if he sat for three movies in a row, he'd get like a blood clot or something. So we kind of had to give it up. And then I also thought in college that I would double major in English and astronomy and write science fiction. The stumbling block there turned out that you apparently to do astronomy, you need to know um, math and science. And I didn't really want to do that. I just kind of wanted to look at the stars. I was hoping to know the names of the constellations at least, but they don't even like really care about that in a storm. Like that's big secret. The names of the constellations hardly matter to them. It's like all about like gases burning and stuff. And so I lost interest after about two or three classes. Joe Hill, thank you so much for speaking with us. This was really fun. Thanks, Virginia. That was Joe Hill. His latest thriller, The Fireman, just hit stores on May 17th. The 10-Minute Writers Workshop is a production of NHPR, produced by Sarah Plourd with help from Maureen McMurray. There is loads more advice on putting your creativity to work. Just hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed the workshop, give your authorial muscles a stretch by writing a review. That'll help others find us.